coming up on the Clevolution Podcast. Victories are, are, are big and small, but but they all they all go towards the fight. They all go towards us pushing forward and, and, and making progress. This is the Clevolution. Yes, we can. A quick dose of disruptive dialogue about modern day revolutionaries. Clev Mesador, you're on. Welcome to the Clevolution. Today we are joined by one dynamic lit rev, modern day revolutionary, definitely a superhero. My name is uh, Chris Chang. Uh, I'm the founder of 255 Research and Investigation. I work to investigate human rights abuses um, all across the globe. I'm fascinated by what you do, Chris. What exactly is the problem that you're trying to solve here? So I guess like in, um, you know, when you break things down to, to really simple terms, I guess the problem that we're, we're up against is, is injustice. Um, and uh, that comes in, in different forms for us, but um, some of it is, is connected to, to criminal justice cases and trying to, trying to um, make sure that people, um, you know, are treated fairly within the criminal justice system. Um, but that also goes, uh, you know, the work that we do is, is, is also much broader in terms of looking at, you know, how sometimes criminal justice cases um, are also cases where there are human rights violations, where there's torture, where there's abuse, and really trying to, to work against, against um, injustice, really, you know, in, in, in that, that's kind of how I see it. So this is your revolution. You're trying to fight injustice. But explain to us within this space that you're in, you know, what is the solution that you're trying to implement? So, so for me, um, again, like I've had 10, 10 years or over 10 years experience kind of doing what I call frontline investigation on, on a variety of cases and issues. And for me, that's kind of sort of um, how I see or how, how in my experience we have attacked injustice and how mm -hmm. I see, you know, injustice can be in attacked sort of going forward. And I think sometimes, um, especially kind of in the legal the legal field, sometimes investigation is, is, is played down or it's not as important as a priority as it should be. And kind of the reality of, of, of uh, injustice taking place, for, for me, again, like trying always or sometimes... To, to look at things in simplest terms, I think that unless we are able to investigate what what has taken place, or or to and 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 through that investigation, kind of present much more accurate pictures of what's happened, and also e expose violations or um, injustice and human rights violations, um, I think sometimes we we can just be shouting about investigation without having really strong facts um, that, that we can bring um, that can later on sort of put us in a better position, whether that's trying to make sure somebody has a fair trial or whether that's holding somebody accountable for, for, for their behavior or for the injustice that's been perpetrated. So I see investigation and kind of the type of investigation that I do is really key to us um, attacking injustice at various different levels. 
you're you're defining this front line investigation as you know getting on a plane and going and actually meeting and 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 finding out the true story and sort of being a st- storyteller, right? Yeah. So I mean, I think that's really. Um, I think that's that's part of the the power of investigation. It's it's like we are we are living in a time and and you know we're living in a time where where sort of there are certain narratives that are being presented in front of us every day, whether that's through the media or whether that's even in the courtroom, and those are kind of what we have to to or what I have to kind of fight against, and and I'm I'm finding ways to do that always through investigation to be able to to actually find out what's taken place to, you know, because we are also living in a time where where things can be presented, with, you know, there's so much misinformation and things are presented incorrectly. And so part of the work that we do is to kind of to, to present accurate pictures of, of, of things that have taken place, but also to, to change the narratives and present much more precise and accurate narratives about individuals or about communities or about you know different countries around the world and change people's perspective because a part of I think now the fight against injustice you know a part of that for me and for others in this field is also fighting against um, sometimes the views that people people hold and and sometimes that can be the huge fight because we're also living in a time where um, injustice is, is accepted in, mm-hmm. in so many different ways. We accept the violations of, of human rights. We accept how some people are treated because, uh, you know, we have our world leaders or we have the media who are always uh, playing that off against this idea of, of, of sort of this is what freedom costs or this is, this, is, this is what makes our world a safer place. And that's just false, you know, com- completely. And so I think it's our job to, to work, you know, people like me to really kind of change those perspectives change the narrative and 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 really present the truth you know that that's what a lot of it comes down to and sometimes you have to get on a plane you have to go to where things are happening you have to go into difficult places and to difficult and sometimes uh insular communities to really get get to that because it's not it's not in the mainstream media it's not in a book or, or an academic article it's there amongst the people really And that's what fascinates me about modern day revolutionaries like you, who, you know, recognize the fact that some of these injustices are accepted. You know, we've become complacent. We expect these things to happen, but you've chosen to stand in the gap. You're saying this is not right and I'm going to do something about this. Share some examples of where that's been successful. I guess in our work or in this field, um, success is is sometimes the definition of success is is changing all the time and a lot of times uh we have to kind of reframe uh in in sometimes in very harsh environments sort of what what success looks like but i think um in the work that i've done on the frontline investigation that i've done on guantanamo cases i mean we really began to do what 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 people weren't doing which was really getting on a plane and going to places and conducting investigation um, and I think that in the case in the Guantanamo cases, you know, the, the government's case against many of these men um, was was based on on facts that that just weren't facts. Um, there was everything was very vague. And I, I, I really believe that for a long time they just 
believe that nobody would go to to some of the places where where people are accused of doing certain things or where people were from just to actually find things out and when we did you know we 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 started to really really change the game uh, we started to even in the the legal black hole that that it, that was and still is Guantanamo we were able to present um, evidence that proved that these men you know, who had been slated in the media as being the, the 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 most evil people in the world or the you know the worst people ever were really not that at all they were not responsible for things that they had been accused of and they just weren't the people they were saying they were and we did that just by taking a very aggressive approach to doing investigation and, and literally just getting on a plane, going into community, sometimes going into very difficult countries and just getting facts that, that, that disproved the allegations against these men. And probably on 50 or 60 cases of, of men held in Guantanamo that I worked on, we were, you know, we were able to, to secure releases for most of those guys based on the investigation that we did. And that just showed how powerful it was because we weren't this group who had huge resources and loads of money. We were just kind of people who were really committed to to using a certain method and, and getting on the ground to the people who, ha who held the information that we needed and then changing that and turning that into stuff that we could use in, in people's cases. Um, and success, you know, on other cases is, is like I said, you, sometimes you have to reframe success, you know, success for me sometimes can be on a, on a death penalty case where you're able to, to basically get death off the table, where you're able to, you know, and it's hard to sometimes maybe in, in cases like that to see a, a life sentence or, or being able to get a life sentence for someone as being a success. But at the same time, you know, this is kind of, like I said, the harsh environment that we, we, mm -hmm. we are fighting within. And sometimes um, the win there is, is being able to save someone's life, to mm -hmm. being able to, to, to stand behind someone and say, this, this person has the right to live. And, and, and that can be, and that in itself can be a, can be a massive victory on, on, on a human level. So, you know, successes come in different forms. And I, I think, we, we just have to focus on that, that, that it may not be that, that massive thing always that, but it's, um, victories are, are, are big and small, but, but they all, they all go towards the fight. They all go towards us pushing forward and, and, and making progress. I always like to start by talking about the revolution, this movement that you're in, you know, but I want to talk a bit about your evolution, right? How you came to this space and to this work. But let's dive into how you got into this space. You know, I, I like in modern day revolutionaries as folks standing in the path of lightning, doing the type of work that people don't find very sexy or can actually be seen as controversial or you know, you're going to face a lot of opposition. So how did you choose this path? For me personally, I think, uh, you know, um, sort of really first inspirations came uh, from my grandmother, who was Jamaican, who who uh, lived in, in Kingston in a really rough part of town. And I guess she was in, a, in an, an area of, of Kingston where... Uh, Danger was sort of ever present. People got shot and murdered, and and within that, and sometimes within within that chaos, she always found a way to to do good. 
um, especially for her local community, whether that was to to try and make the area a better place, try mm. and improve structures in the place, or just to kind of give people food. And she did that throughout her whole life. Um, and even when her, her health was fading, and she also turned down opportunities with the with the family to to move to to the united states to move to england um mm. she so she never sort of shied away from being in that place where it was could be really dangerous not always um but a place where she saw her power to kind of to to, to do good for others and and so as a kid she was really my first um inspiration as mm-hmm. To, to kind of balance things off, to, to, to not to not turn away from where things could be difficult, um, and to realize sort of kind of what your what your power is and and can be, um, and the impact mm-hmm. that you can have, even as just as just um, as just one individual. And I guess um, that took me to to be a young person who worked in youth justice, who worked as a Sort of grassroots activists, uh, very much in uh, protesting and anti-war movement in 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 the UK, um, and I just kept moving forward and uh, kept reading about things and um, and even sort of at the height of protesting and stuff like that, I I I still felt I still felt very frustrated. I still felt that. I wanted to find a way uh, to 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 do more, to to be able to to do more, and really that came through um, uh, eventually volunteering for an organisation based in London, who, and that's what took me into took me into investigation, um, mm-hmm. and <clears throat> an organisation that worked on on death penalty cases, and then later worked on the Guantanamo um, issue, and so that's where I sort of learned about investigation but also learned how to use uh what i already knew some of the skills that i already had communication skills some of the street smarts that i already had and to to impact on what was individual cases but also you know in the example of death row and and the death penalty and guantanamo just huge issues and i really found uh, you know, I found a place where I, I really felt I, I was supposed to be, um, you know, and, and a path that I was supposed to be on. And not that, not that that was a path where I saw many people like myself, but, you know, I knew sort of within my heart and soul that this was, you know, the fight that, that, I, that I, I had to take on. And this fight against injustice um, was really where I was supposed to be. Wow. So it's in your DNA. You speak of your grandmother and you found your place. So many of us search for our purpose and and where we should be and how we should have an impact. And it's incredible that you've done that, which I assume is very powerful because the work you're doing is life and death. People's lives are in the balance. So therefore, you can't afford not to understand your power, your skills, your capacity. A fun question I like to ask is, you know, what is your superpower, right? To do this work, which requires an emotional, physical, and spiritual toll, you know, what do you think it is that sets you apart 
to do these types of investigations and still continue to be positive and optimistic? I think it's, you know, I think it's, I think part of it is, um, yeah, when I think about what my superpower is, maybe it's not very sort of sexy, but I think my superpower is, 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 is connected to belief, really. I think it's, uh, it's connected to trust and it's connected to belief. I go to many places and meet with many people where in order to kind of uh, impact on cases and issues, I need people to trust me. And I think that that is a real strength that, that, that I have that not everyone has. Like, and I think it's the ability to, 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 to make someone believe in me you know, to believe in what I'm doing, to, to understand and have that trust in what I'm doing, that I'm, you know, I'm not someone who's going to take that information and give it to, to the wrong person, that I'm, I'm really trying to, to be a force for good and a force for change with, 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 what, with what they tell me. And I think, um, and sometimes I don't always, I, you know, I don't know if it's a superpower or, or if it's <laughs> just what people can see in me and, and understand often sort of when they look into my eyes kind of what what it is that I'm that I'm really trying to do and um and so I think that's that's sort of one of the superpowers which is not you know and it's something that I train and try to train other people how to gain trust and things like that because I think this is the time that we're living in we're living in a time where it's hard to trust where people live in countries where they're afraid all the time where they mm -hmm. live within this culture of fear you know, and that's just not like countries that we, we think about as, as whatever in the developing world. Or that's here, like, you know, people that's mm -hmm. here in the US, in Europe, people live in communities where they're afraid. And and often we have to get people past that to to try to impact, to try to change that, really, you know, to, 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 to and help them understand that. The bigger picture is some, you know, we're going to change how, how people think about you or your community to try to make you less fearful, you know, and that that's some of the bigger changes that, that exist. Um, and I guess, you know, and I guess my I wanted to say that my superpower is standing in the lightning because mm -hmm. it's okay. <laughs> it's okay because, you know, what, so many of the things that I work on or so many of the people's cases that I work on are people who are in the dark. They're in the places that we can't imagine. So if I can stand in the lightning, in the most powerful of light, you know, and bring that to 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 to, to the struggle, like I'm happy to be in the to stand in the lightning. So maybe I'm lightning proof. Maybe that's my, you know, my <laughs> my superpower. I love it. I love it. And you know, there's a new show called Black Light Lightning. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, I heard about that yesterday. My friend was telling me about it. So, so, so maybe that maybe they need to, you know, they'll have me in the show at some point. I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> Well, you know, you're definitely disrupting the system and, you know, you're, you're functioning as a positive agitator, I would say. And, you know, I, and I do think, you know, yes, you are this lightning rod that comes in, but it sounds like you balance that well by build, building trust. And I think that that's innate where people, these people that you want to defend have experienced tons of people they shouldn't trust. They know what to, who not to trust, who to be skeptical of. So it's, it's very impressive that you've been able to build credibility, build trust, but also 
be able to stand firm in the path of lightning and get the results that you do. Now, you know, one of the things I like to find out about your evolution is were there revolutionaries that inspired you? Like I'm obsessed with the Black Panther Party and I wish I could have met you, <laughs> Newton. You know, do you have a top five modern day or vintage revolutionaries that you hold dear that you'd like to shout out? Yeah, there's there's a few, I guess. There's a few. I guess for me it's like um for me, there's 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 sort of a mix of of people who, um, I guess your your listeners or or know of them, and some people who are just for me people who I've been close to or or who, are, who I've worked alongside or who have you know been inspirations that maybe people don't really know about. I mean, I think I I <clears throat> I was very um, inspired myself by by people from the from the Black Panther Party. I was especially inspired by Bobby Seal. His book um, that he wrote was something that was really a it was really a life changer for, for, for me, um, just in terms of thinking. Because I, I I'd read so many autobiographies and different books, and and reading Bobby Seale's book um, just really because he really broke down for me anyway, like just how as kind of what I saw as like an ordinary person could. Mm-hmm. Could get involved in the struggle. How how community communities could get organized. Um, how to organize what you do in terms of of your your revolution and your attack on 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 the system. And I always list it like in my in my list of of my favorite books because as a young person, I guess thinking about the Black Panther Party and uh, it 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 really broke down like. It, not that you shouldn't have these kind of heroic views of things, but it, it, it took it down to like a really grassroots level to mm-hmm. kind of how you can attack things at a, at a frontline level. And that's kind of the stuff that I, I do now. And, and so that it, it, it continues to hold that inspiration for me about just like almost giving sort of people bullet points about like things that can work and not necessarily things that, that would only work in the USA, but just really changing your mindset and how you think about, what you can do like and the steps that you can take to 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 making change happen and to whatever you know taking your own taking your own revolution forward um and again i mean i'm inspired by by great revolutionaries who are who i believe are great revolutionaries like um malcolm x for sure um i you know i have to put martin luther king in there um even though i feel that that you know, Dr. King has, over the years, been placed within our psyche or in our consciousness around the world as like, hey, he's this this civil rights leader who was mm-hmm. you know was about peaceful protest, and actually that's not the truth. I mean, it is to an extent, but that's the school book version of what we've been given to mm-hmm. try and uh, sort of um, pacify you know, him. Just, just, yeah, and just make a, a little bit sort of weaker like his actual his revolutionary power and and his his revolutionary thought and and the things that 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 he did um you know and and like and and some of that was to kind of sort of also also to divide you know to divide people to play martin luther king as this individual and malcolm x as sort of the nemesis when it was Mm -hmm. completely false also you know so misinformation has a long history (laughs) for sure um and 
they they were very much closer in 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 their views and their and ideology yes. than 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 we we are led to believe just sometimes in the little lesson in in history class that we have about Martin Luther King. Um, but I think you know outside of <clears throat> the big the big players like that. Um, yeah, you know, I want to shout out a couple other people. I want to shout out um, a guy called Clive Stafford Smith, who was the founder of Reprieve, the organization that I worked for, for for many years, and who I see as a revolutionary because he was also a, a you know, he was an attorney. Well, he is an attorney, and um, but also um, he taught me a lot about disruption. He taught me a lot about about like the steps that you can take about being creative, but about, um, and not, not, not necessarily just disrupting for this disruption's sake, but <laughs> showing how, showing how much a system doesn't work, so much, how much a system is broken, um, like finding ways and sometimes finding creative and fun ways to actually show this, this, this is unacceptable. Like this is unworkable. Um, and, and, and really, looking at kind of what is the goal or where, where, you know, where are we going? Like, and how many different ways can we get there? You know, how many different ways, rather than just going straight, how many ways around can we go? Can we go behind it? Can we go at, and like, and just attack um, something that, 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 that's wrong or, or attack injustice through that. And um, he's really someone who, who has always been an inspiration um, to me um just for that creativity and i think that's what we need like we are we don't have the the might and the resources of 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 the people that we're up against a lot of the time yeah and we have to find ways to have the most impact we have to find ways to be strategic we have to be creative um and um i don't know how many that is is that, is that, <laughs> well, no. I just want to shout out two other people of if course. I can. One one of them is called um, her name is Charlotte Holdman. She was another mentor of mine. She she unfortunately passed away last year, but she was the person who basically created mitigation investigation on on death penalty cases in the U.S. She was a person who said that we need to to do life history investigation. We need to present someone's life history in order to humanize them, in order to to give juries reasons not to not to 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 send someone to their death. Um, and she was a you know a real firebrand who 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 just you know who went all out to to work out how she could do this and how she could make this a part of like a standard, you know, uh, uh, for, for attorneys to adhere to, for investigators and, and, and defense teams to adhere to. So yeah. she's, she's right up there. And the last person is, is, is another, another inspiration of mine, whose name is, uh, Sihem Bensadrine, who is a Tunisian activist. Uh, and I always describe her as, uh, I don't know if you guys have it, the Duracell bunny. She's just someone who, <laughs> yes. like, she was unrelentless. Her energy was amazing. Um, she's someone who fought for human rights in Tunisia when Tunisia was still a police state. Um, and she was someone who, you know, I would turn up in Tunisia. I'd be like, where's Sihem? They're like, Sihem's detained at the moment. And she was a figure like, you know, like your mum. And she, 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 she really, you know, sometimes we don't understand what it is to, to, 
to fight for something and and to to give up your liberty to fight for something or to take you know yes. sticks and batons and be you know have have whatever kicked out of you and 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 to keep going and not to come out and and uh, and you know again when you sorry to mention someone else when you look at someone like Nelson Mandela who, who <laughs> said the struggle is my life for so many people that I've worked with whether they seem like that to you when you meet them so many of them have been through things you can't imagine for what they believe in and have have stood in front of their aggressors and said if you're going to kill me kill me and and like these are people who I have had just just the huge privilege of of, of working alongside who have taught me so many things and so um, yeah anyone listening please look up some of those folks because they're, they're also amazing hit us up 255investigation.com and, and uh, you know, we can have a chat and take it from there people underestimate that movements revolutions are they they're, they're beginnings they're starting points right they're about moving the needle so that another generation can come because we have to be realistic about how long it will take to really break down these societal strongholds so thank you for doing your part and making the sacrifices that you've been doing and thank you for the, taking the time to get on the revolution and share your revolution and the evolution of what brought you here no thank you so much for having me i really appreciate it Thank you for listening to the Clevolution podcast. Continue the conversation on Twitter at the Clevolution. Stay tuned for another lively episode with host Clev Mesidor.